Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, just tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where you work. Yeah, you kind of have to repeat it, but yeah, just start with okay. that and get into it. Sounds good. Um, so my name's Gianna. Um, I'm a strength and conditioning coach at Ironworks Performance in Broomfield. I work mostly with high school athletes that are looking to go play their sport in college. Um, and strength and conditioning is a huge part of developing yourself to the best of your athletic potential. So. And where's Broomfield? Um, Colorado. So. Okay. Where is it like, like relative to uh, Denver or? Yeah, or it's like what between- else you know? Between Denver and Boulder. Oh, okay, okay. How yeah. far is Denver and Boulder? And then, like, where is Broomfield? Is it, like, a few hours? Like, yeah. So, Denver and Broomfield are, like, 20, 30 minutes apart, depending on, like, what part of each city you're driving to and from. And mm-hmm. then uh, Broomfield to Boulder is, like, 10, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. People yeah. make it the same because, you know, like, a bunch of people, like, went to that Colorado game. I was going to, like, uh, what's your... Uh, What's the one where they where are they at? Where are they at? Um uh Fort Collins. Yeah, or well what what is the name of the city that they're in? What is it called? You just said it. Like Boulder. Uh, yeah, it's like they were making it yeah. seem like it was like three hours away or something. I'm like, oh okay. It's like in the middle yeah. of nowhere. I'm like, no, you can get right to Denver from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so how long have you been working at uh the place you are at now? Um, so I started my internship after I graduated from school. Uh, like last May. Um, and then I got my first athlete and started really coaching in late July, early August of last year. And then did you intern this your last semester? Um, so I interned over the summer um, mm-hmm. just so I could learn, like, like I came out of school and I thought I knew like everything about strength and conditioning. And then I, I had no idea what like the conjugate method was. So <laughs> I had like a ton to learn. Um, the learning curve was super steep those first few months. Um, and I didn't really know like what to do in terms of like speed and agility training. Um, I don't know, like there's only so much you can do and in in learn in a classroom, right? You just kind of have yeah. to get into it and watch it happen um, and learn to do it yourself. So that was a huge part of just like going through the programming myself, um, seeing how things And then where'd, and you, uh, where'd you go to school and what you get your degree in? I got, I went to school at Regis University. I initially went there for nursing. So my first two years I was pre-nursing. And then I just, I don't think the hospital setting would have been for me. Um, And, but I was really liking anatomy and phys. Um, So I ended up switching to health and exercise science. And that's what I got my degree in. And then what did you, uh, did you play sports growing up? I played, yeah, I grew up uh, swimming and playing volleyball. Um, and then I played volleyball through high school. And then I played like club at Regis, um, but I didn't try to play in college. Um, I ended up regretting that a little bit, but uh, ended up using the gym to fill that hole. Um, and I think that's what pain, led me into yes. coaching. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like all the extra hours, like, damn. <laughs> Um, and so like the gym that you're at now, I don't, I don't know much about them. Is the owner like a conjugate guy and you learned a lot from him or just reaching out to outside sources? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the staff, we, we ended up getting connected over Instagram, but Christian, the owner played football Mm -hmm. at university of Northern Colorado and then got CSCS conjugate tactical. And then I think Westside certified and then Josh, same thing, like CSDS, Conjugate Tactical, USA Weightlifting. Um, and then they all played like rugby or football in college. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, and they have all have like 10 years of experience coaching. So I feel really fortunate to have landed where I did. It's like an excellent environment to learn in. Um, like they say, like a rising tide lifts all boats and the standard there, um, I think is pretty high. Um, I don't know. I like a lot of what we do and I like the community aspect of things too. Like I feel like our athletes really know that we care about them. And as a staff, we care about each other. Um, but yeah, we do, we do a lot of um, conjugate style stuff for the athletes because it works really well. I've been training the mm -hmm. central nervous system in that way um, just for speed. Um, like the dynamic effort method. I love using that in season for my athletes. Um, yeah. Talk about some differences. What you what you guys are more so you. I don't know if you if you guys do your own individual program with your clients, but how do you do um, your in season versus off season? You say like you like using the dynamic method during season, but in the off season, does it look more like I don't know, like a five three one or brief maximal tension stuff? You know, are you are you going a little heavier and focusing on that? Like, so talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um... That stuff depends a lot on training age. Like, I think I'm not super strict in terms of percent with the dynamic effort method, especially with novice athletes, just because they're gaining so much strength week to week that it wouldn't really make sense to keep them at like 60% of their initial whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's also a lot of these kids don't really have an off season. Like they play, like they maybe have a month off and like most of my athletes are soccer players and they have like a month off in December and a month off in July. But other than that, like, they're playing pretty much year round. So it's hard to periodize a program. And I tend to go mostly off athlete needs and like sport volume. So mm -hmm. if they're in like the heat of their competition season, you know, we're trying to get, you know, low volume lifts with high intensity. Um, and then when sport volume is a little bit lower, trying to make sure work capacity stays up and that we're keeping the base of their strength as high as we can. So running more, um, towards like 80% or higher of their max love using a box squat a lot of the time for rate of force development. Um, when we're trying to go heavy for things like that, I think trap bar can get a little sketchy um, mm. because it's so easy to pull from that position. Um, yeah. Um, so, as far as deadlifting, do you guys do primarily just trap bar or do you do any sumo and conventional deadlift? Yeah. Sumo. I don't have a lot of my athletes do conventional just because, most of my athletes are female um, and we all know like knee valgus is, you know, tends to be a problem more so on the female end of things. And I think developing strength in the adductors and their length and position is really important for being able to maintain a wide stance and not put that excess stress um, with the knee valgus. So um, like running sumo for sure, um, try to run like a wide stance, lower body and a narrow stance, upper body in the same week. Mm -hmm. So a session would look like, sprint and then apply a superset with a heavier lift or a banded dynamic effort lift something like that and then accessories after for your soccer players do you do a lot of like circuits giant sets supersets with their accessories or do you ever go through phases where like are right, we're going to try to actually like, put on some muscle and lay off the conditioning kind of base yeah honestly a lot of it is like tempo and like six to eight rep range so like really mm -hmm. like hypertrophy stimulus based um because yeah if i could give most of my athletes a pill to like make them gain 20 pounds i would mm -hmm. um especially on the girl side of things you know um and they're really afraid to gain weight um but yeah gaining muscle is a good way to get faster and just be overall <laughs> better at your sport and it's kind of hard to drive that home when 
people are caught up in the the numbers, you know, on the right, scale or right. whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and now, like, what the other sports that you do train? What are some differences between how you train your soccer players compared to those ones? Um. Really, I tend not to go based on sport needs, but more athlete needs. Um, I feel like people fall into different categories of like needing work capacity. Like a lot of these kids just like don't have a base to work from. And, you know, like mm. I used to try to use like winning warmups um, at the beginning, but it was like just completely gassy kids. And I was like, okay, we need to start somewhere <laughs> else, like <laughs> build an aerobic base because like your warmup shouldn't be taking like 25, 30 minutes out of the lift. Um, yeah. But yeah and then like people who need to gain weight tend to do more of a hypertrophy stimulus and i really just try to drive home the eating part um but training age has a huge effect on that some kids you know lifted with their parents um before coming in and that's always a great asset to have um so for those kids that are a bit um more advanced and developed and have just more like motor control um tend to do um a little bit more Just like complicated things, I guess. Sorry, I got a little distracted thinking about the session that I have to run later. Mm -hmm. Um, let me ask you that question again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just, oh god, what, what the? Oh, I was oh, soccer no, players versus remember. other athletes. Yeah, I mean, you were Sorry. like, I don't really train. You're trying to build that work capacity because a lot of them were getting exhausted even when you're trying to just do the running warmups. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, really, just trying to program, program based on athlete needs. Um, like some kids like can't be explosive to save their life. Like plyometrics are super hard for them. Um, and a lot of that I feel like depends on training age and how early they specified in their sport. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you have kids that have been just playing soccer since they were like four or five. And that's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. and just, it's hard to, when selling to parents, they want to hear the, like, this is really good for like this position of your sport. Like mm -hmm. they, a lot of parents ask like, is this going to be specific enough for my kid for their sport? And it's hard to explain that your kid has already done the specific things for their sport and they're doing those specific things in practice. And like, sure, we're going to prioritize things like rotational power for like my throwers or baseball athletes, softball athletes. Um, but like, at the end of the day, your kid just needs to get stronger and more powerful. Um, and that's, going to look the same pretty much across the board no matter what sport you play what does your uh jumping look like with your kids what like variations do you like focus on how often are you doing going for records versus multiple sets multiple reps stuff like that um i like to rotate things on like a three four week basis um and then like most kids are on a two times per week program. So I try to do a vertical jump okay. one day and, and a broad or a horizontal or lateral jump the other day. Mm -hmm. um, I like using a depth drop to whatever, mm -hmm. whatever primary plyo it is just for the rate of force development stuff um, and generating quickness or same thing where we're maybe doing a lateral movement and then up onto a box or something like that. So looking to change direction, make that as fluid and graceful as we can. Um, and that I think is where a lot of kids see gains really quickly where things are super clunky the first few weeks and then start getting a little bit stronger, start get feeling more confident um, and things look more graceful and athletic.
Now, the vertical one, is it just box jumps? Do you guys have uh, any jump mats or anything like that? Like, yeah. How do you build we have a vert mat, um, and then I'll do, like, weighted dumbbell jump, uh, depth mm-hmm. drop onto a box, lateral bound to a box, broad jump to a box jump, whatever it might be. Um, but in terms of records and stuff, probably, like, once every four to six weeks, we'll go for, like, a best. And then for sprints, it's a little bit more frequent, like three to four weeks. So what do you guys have access to distance-wise for your sprints? Um, so we have 100 feet of turf in the new facility. And then... What is that in yards? Is that like 30? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like 30, then, right? Okay. Yeah, so what do you guys do, like we, 10s and 20s? Yes. Yeah. Like okay. a flying 10, a 10-yard split, whatever. And then we also have a treadmill. So that records meters and then... Um, speed in terms of miles per hour okay um do you guys ever do five ten fives too yes okay. yeah um and then especially like getting ready to send kids off to college um or kids who are in the recruiting process those numbers are super helpful for them to have so um whenever we need bigger distance um like if we need to run a 40 or something like that uh fortunate to have a lot of fields around in broomfield um oh, okay. so We'll go to like yeah, a, I got a city field. really, so yeah, <laughs> set up the lasers, um, and try to take a, a big group out there at one time. Um, but yeah, um, as far as like your dumbbell jumping, uh, I don't know, did you get to buy Jared's book? Like, are you following like his principles, or like has somebody have you got to talk to anybody that to tell you like how like waving goes on the mat as far as like dumbbells and picking dumbbell weight for kids and stuff? No, I haven't really. I try, honestly, for a lot of the kids, most of those athletes that I have have gotten within the last, like, four months. So training okay. age-wise, like, still super young. Mm-hmm. So, um, especially if they're only getting in, like, twice a week. Um, but, no, I haven't. I'd love to, I'd love to hear if you'd like to explain. Yeah, yeah. so um, let me see if I have it. I have it right here, I think. Where is it? It's super thin. It's a, it's a little guy. Like, he'll... When I went to Jared, because Jared's down here, and I remember I went to visit him, and he was like, yeah, you can, like, read it in, like, a day, but, but it has, like, all the info in here. So this is his book. It's, like, 100 and, I think, minus shipping. It's, like, 180, I want to say. But it's, like, 60 pages long, but it actually details, like, all, like, everything he's done with, like, all, I mean, he's the one that basically popularized the jump mat. Like, yeah. the jump mat is in business because of him. Um, but he talks about like, um, not based on the spot numbers, but based on like their weight and then like their, I think their strength ratio, like what dumbbells you should use for that kid. Cause like he has kids that squat like a house and they're like 14. They may use a heavier dumbbell than somebody that's 18. That's really weak. Cause he talks about like finding the sweet spot when it's like, okay, this kid's going to use twenties, 25, thirties, because those are not too light, not too heavy to actually like provide the stimulus. So when you go back and forth and then he talks about like how to actually like wave it, how long you use those dumbbells. And then um, like how he goes, like how many attempts of dumbbells compared to how many without. So it is huge. Like I would say like, it's like, we all talked about like, yeah, Jared, that's great and all, but can you tell us like what you do as far as the weights? Cause that's the way more complicated part. Yeah. I feel like really like the jumping mechanic. is like, yeah, yeah, explosive mechanics. Like I tell people, it's like the jumping. You can kind of fuck around on that jump mat, and if the kid is just jumping hard with and without the dumbbell, you'll get better. 
But yeah, you can go as hard as you want doing the pump shit with those squat bench deadlifts and everything else that comes with it, and then jump the dumbbell jumps are gonna be your 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 plateau quick, you know. So yeah, I'm, we've been telling him yeah, you need a 500 page something book on that. <laughs> <laughs> like the jumbo's good, but that's like the meat and potatoes, you know. Um, yeah. But I definitely would recommend like when you have the funds to throw $180 for a 50 page book, do it because it, okay, it just, sure. it leaves a lot of the guessing out. I would say that. Um, but if not, um, I got him when I interviewed him on my podcast, a while, like two years ago, it's almost like three hours. And I, I, I swear I got like every question people were not, they were not repeated questions. I was like trying to seek out all the little details okay. and try to hold back. So um, I'll definitely tune into that because the dumbbell jumping is like, because like I have found like some kids, it's like, oh, we went up to this dumbbell and it's almost like looking back, oh, that was a wasted week because it was too light or too heavy. So yeah. that's just something to uh, look at. Um, what do you guys do for like recovery and stuff in the gym? I know like you're going to just try to get the kids to eat and sleep, which they won't. So what do you, what do you do inside the gym? Yeah, I think again, that's where work capacity comes mm. into play, especially for the in-season kids. And this is why like it kills me when parents like stop strength training when their kid goes into season it's like no like this is the most important part um because you know the more work capacity you have just the more capacity you have to recover and to clear waste um so that's definitely important building a nice aerobic base doing lots of local conditioning that's what accessories end up coming down to um if it's like hypertrophy or just local conditioning stimulus um and then I do, I run mobility a couple times a week um, where we do like some isometrics at end range. Um, for baseball players, we typically do like shoulder, elbow, um, and then like torso. FRC, like spine. Yeah. yeah, I'm not like, I'm not certified or anything, yeah. but I learned from someone no, who was. Saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's so valuable that like I would be remiss if I wasn't including that or at least offering it. Um, and it's also like a huge sell when like a kid comes in and they're like, yeah, like my hip is killing me all the time. And then like you run them through a pale rail and they're like, oh my gosh, like, so that's exercise isn't supposed to work like that. Like where you see instant results, but FRC kind of does. Um, so it's kind of cool to get people to buy in that way where it's like, no, like we can really help you. And like developing strength at your end range is super important. So I think, I guess that goes on the, injury resilience side of things because we can't prevent anything ever but do you guys do any body tempering no that would be great i would love to get body tempering stuff um and then we've invested in i believe a a cold tub and then i think we're gonna have some boots um because now in the the boots we have yeah we have like a front a real front office where we can like a room where we could do that so what are you doing for your own lifting? Are you training for anything specific? Um, I'd like to do a powerlifting meet in the future. I think we want to wait till my training gets to a point where I'm proud of it, and then I'll look for a meet instead of no the other you way around. Get your feet wet because <laughs> I have done it once. Like any any all the good coaches that I know. I mean, like I train powerlifters myself, but like coaches that like been doing it for twenty something years, they'll tell you when you suck is actually the best time to go. Because no one knows your numbers and you know your numbers don't fucking matter. And then you can get all the jitters out the way. Because no matter what you play the yeah. sport, it's a very awkward thing where all of a sudden it's just you. Like you didn't play an individual I sport, know. right? 
it's just yeah. you, like, especially if you don't have anybody. Like, I went with one of my uh, clients, and we both competed. But for the most part, you're, like, backstage by yourself. You got to learn all the, like, when to get on stage because you can yeah, miss. Yeah, when miss to warm up. Like, all that, and just, like, yeah. queuing and, like, someone telling you when to unrack it. Like, that matters. So, like, if you get that kind of out the way while you're not, like, trying to get close to, like, a state record if you're, I don't know how strong yeah. you are, but, like, that. That that you should, and plus, like you'll realize how much fun it is. It may make you want to like go even harder because yeah. it is. I did fun. one last December. Oh, okay, I did compete okay. last December, so I did it once. Um, that's when Alex was training me, so uh -huh. I was on his powerlifting program. Um, and it was fun. And there is something like super humbling about standing there on the stage in the singlet while like whatever music they choose to play plays. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was a super nerve wracking. And I actually, I have a, I train a thrower um, and she's got issues with um, some performance anxiety. So I was like, I think you should do a powerlifting meet because the demands like pressure wise are pretty similar where it's like just you, all eyes are on you. And you have to execute. Um, so she's going to do one in November. So that'll be okay. cool to see. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do. I will do another one. Um, <laughs> I just like, my squat hasn't, I've been figuring out my squat for a long time and it's been frustrating. So I want to get to a point where I'm like proud of my squat number again. Um, what is it right and then now? I'll go for it. I think uh, the last time I maxed, I think I, I failed 252 after hitting 246. And what, how tall I, are you? I'm 5'11 and like. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my wife is five. Nine and a half. I mean, I'm guessing you're gonna have a long femurs and a short torso. You're never gonna be great at squatting. So, like, yeah, if you've only been doing it for like two years, yeah, and you gotta give yeah. yourself time. Plus, like the the best girls, like I imagine, you're not weighing, let's say, 180 or above. You're like a lighter weight and tall girl. Yeah, yeah, squats not gonna be great. Neither probably. It's not good. Best. I'm sure your deadlift is pretty good. Is your deadlift pretty yeah. good? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> like maybe I'll, maybe I'll do push pull. <laughs> Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, but like, cause like girls, like, I want to say like the like the state to national record girls that are like under the one eighty something that are not on drugs. Like it's probably in the threes. Yeah, like maybe the best all time is four. So four. like yeah. you're in the mid twos. That's not bad. I mean, like at any meet, you'll look just like everybody else, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want to look like everybody else. You know what I mean? But then there's that one 14-year-old girl that's been only lifting and didn't know the sport since she was five and she's squatting 400 and benches yeah. 225. You know, like, Hella but true. that's how it is. You know, I mean, as long as, like, I'm one of those people that, like, it motivates me and, like, I like that. Like, I like going to meets and I've been at meets where the, there's a girl and she's 10 pounds off my bench and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And weighs a lot less than me. And it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go. Some people, they see that and then they're like, quit the sport. And it's like, no, motherfucker. Like, you know, there you go. Like, yeah. That's your motivation, you know? Yeah. How's your how's your gym as far as lifters? Do you guys have lifters at your gym? Um, so we have like a decent amount of the adult clients that come in are power lifters or CrossFitters of some kind. Okay. And they just like, they just have like an open gym membership to come in and use the space. Um, and some of them are on our powerlifting programming so i want to say that all of our coaches are on the powerlifting program including me mm -hmm. um and josh collins who's the director of strength and conditioning at ironworks writes all that um we've been using the three rep apre or arpe i can never mm -hmm. remember what order the letters are in yeah, yeah. um 
auto regulatory progressive exercise ARP mm-hmm. um and I like that a lot and I use it with my athletes too especially when we talked a little bit earlier about like programming strength stuff in season and that's something that I like to use the three rep or the six rep just because the auto regulatory portion takes out the guesswork for me like if they're not recovering or they're like lying to me about like how much they're sleeping or eating mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be able to tell um so I think that's like a good safety net and I like using that for at least one movement um during the week where it's like a 10 6 3 max max for your last two sets um, and then depending on how many reps you get, you go up and down and wait for your fifth set. How much being, being that the soccer players, you know, they're generally tremendously weak of a body. And then you're dealing with a lot of girls soccer players. Being that they don't really use your upper body much, I guess, except a goalie. Like, are you pushing that hard? Because I found that that's what I was doing with my soccer players. I was pushing that hard because I was like, your body just so far behind and you don't use it. So we can fuck around and really kind of train your body like a powerlifter. Like what do you kind yeah. of do with that? Um, I've been using Z press for most of my athletes mm. regardless, just because number one, I think it's great for like thoracic mobility and like uh, scapular mobility on the rib cage. Um, mm. But it's also like super hard and I personally hate doing it. So that means it's probably a good exercise. <laughs> mm. um, so I like using Z press and then um for accessories typically i'll have them do like a 30 degree incline bench or a push-up or something like that um just because like it is a contact sport and i forget about that a lot of times um but especially my girls who play defense like they have to be ready to you know uh have a sturdy base um and hold their own with another girl Mm -hmm. so i think that's important and then i'm starting to run bench with a couple of my players that have been with me for a few months starting next week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what do you guys do for the entire course of abs, obliques, and low back? Um, I like a plank or a plank variation a lot. And then I like doing dynamic flexion extension with the med ball, like over a BOSU or something like that. Um, okay. Like into uh, but, a throw, like go back into a throw? You saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I like regular plank, side plank, Copenhagen plank. Also, again, huge for the adductors, which I think mm-hmm. I just think they get left out a lot. You know, like no, I mean every time I like out. have gotten weaker, that adductor strain is like always at a moment ready to go. Yeah, so, yeah. seriously, <laughs> where you're like, oh shit, like that did not feel good. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I like. Uh, like a side plank for glute med where you're like up on your bottom knee instead of I know what you're talking about yeah yeah like yeah, an yeah. abduction kind of plank mm-hmm. um hang leg raises uh foot elevated crunch abs gar hammer I think that's pretty much everything I use and then what about for the low back low back um reverse hyper all day every day man <laughs> um and then I like to teach spinal segmentation too. A lot of girls complain about low back pain and it's, mm-hmm. you know, your hips and your low back are doing everything together. So you need to figure out how to divorce the two and have them dissociate. Um, so I think um, just the motor control component there is super important um, and learning how things are supposed to feel. But yeah, reverse hyper, back extension, uh, full GHD. You know, that's mostly hamstring, but there's low back in there too. Yeah. Um, I don't have anybody doing Jefferson curls. At some point, I would like to 
to throw those in. And it's also hard when you only have like an hour twice a week. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, everything. you know, half as many times you want to see it. Per- like, it's almost like a year progress is essentially going to take two years minus the, the injuries that they may acquire from playing so much soccer. Right? So, exactly. Yeah. It's like you have them hopefully all year in college and then college. I mean, all, all the years in high school, then like college, you can really like start throwing in the, I can trust you to do this. If you fuck around, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, exercise, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, how much uh, like for the conditioning time when they're like not, you know, I guess those two months, are you doing like uh, with the sled or the ATP? I don't know if you guys have one that belts about marching. Like how much you yeah. use that for your conditioning? We have an ATP. I have my athletes do sled drags for a warm up almost every day. Um, just because okay. I think it's really good for knee health. Um, I feel like just walking backwards in general is great for knee health. Um, and also like quad work capacity, got to have it. Um, but then for like a conditioning day, I like using um, like a circuit where it's like a carry or a march. Um, I also like a Zercher march a lot, okay. with barbell. Um, so like a carrier march with dumbbells or the farmer carry bars or whatever it is. And then the bike. So interval on, interval off. Each one go through all three. And maybe throw something for core in there, like a guard hammer for a minute on. Or I also like full extension on the GHD and rotating with the plate side to side mm-hmm. for oblique. I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, pushing the sled. Love making people push the sled. Um, I think it's a great strength stimulus and cardio stimulus. Um, and it teaches kids how to get tight. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it carries over to barbell movement super well for that reason. Um, what about isometrics? What type are you guys doing? How often? Um, whenever kids complain of knee pain, that's like my first stop is like a wall sit or some max effort isos in at like 60 or 30 degrees on the quad extension machine. Um, so like a weighted wall sit or something like that. Um, and then I've, again, with the soccer players, a lot of them have been in cleats for a super long time and as a result their feet are really weak so Mm. i'll do um like front foot elevated but just the toe on and in a split squat and then down in an iso hold um to get the midfoot nice and active really like that one everybody hates that one um (laughs) and then yeah planks and copenhagen's i'm trying to think of anything else oh overhead march overhead Mm. iso like those a lot and what about um, you, like you said, they come in twice a week. How are you doing it? Is it a two day plan or is it a four day plan spread out to two weeks? It's a two day plan. Okay, so what does that look like? Is it full body or is it one upper one lower? Full body. That's what I tend to, and just also because sometimes kids miss their second section, second session. Um, okay. So yeah, I run full body, and then so it's sprint variation. To begin with, I've really been liking like a jump back to sprint or like a vertical jump to sprint or a broad jump to sprint, something like that. Um, just because change of direction is where things mm. get super sketchy, especially with the like the ACL care rate in female soccer players. Yeah. Obscene. Um, so I like to try to prepare things for changing direction quickly. Um, so we'll do, yeah, sprint and then main strength movement. So right now I'll just 
like one of my athletes is an example, like she had a jump back to sprint. So four by like 15 yards and then go over and sumo deadlift six by three for speed, super set with a reactive broad jump. And then went into a Copenhagen raise super set with a bent over row and then a tempo quad extension super set with flat, flat dumbbell bench and then ball swing to finish. That was her day yesterday. And, and then so what is box that? Squat. Oh, sorry, guys. No, sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say, if that's kind of like the speed day, what does the other day look like? The other day, a little bit heavier for, so sprint stays the same, still going to do a vertical jump, but we'll do a heavy, um, like eight by two box squat, working mm. up to, you know, as heavy as we safely can, where it's moving. Oh, so but, you take like eight sets to just progressively go up. You won't try to keep the weight the same. We'll go like the first three sets to warm up and then try to mm. go the five. At. Okay. And then I manage volume that way, where I try to keep the five sets the same week to week. Okay. And then if their warm up's not looking good, we'll adjust weight wise. And do you ever change the, like, instead of by two, it's by one or by three or by four or by five? Yeah. And how often so like, does that change? Is that three weeks? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I, if I feel like we're still getting a good stimulus out of something and still seeing like pretty big gains week to week, then I'll keep it for longer. Um, but I think the, the conjugate three week rotation works pretty well for most people. Okay. Um, I talk about this because I've been trying to like, <clears throat> I've been trying to get more women on my podcast, but as you know, there's less girls that go into the field. And then just like my men, I'm picking people who actually are good. So like, have, what have you found like difficulty as being a girl or well, woman in this industry? If you've had any, I don't know if you work with like the best men on earth at your gym or like, has there been any, you know, like okay this is cool but this part i'm like oh this is definitely different for me because i'm a girl yeah um i've been asked out by clients more than once don't do that yeah girls don't do that to to do don't do that that's so weird because now i'm forced to sit with you for the rest of the time that we're together that's so awkward why would you do that to me Um, i still need his money (laughs) exactly like i can't afford to lose you as a client but now damn it um so yeah not psyched about that part um I've had a coach in the past like make comments to my coworkers about how like he was gonna sleep with me or whatever um so yeah I ended up leaving that coach for that reason not a good look especially in Colorado's a small world the strength coaching world so you know things things come back around um and then parents um, especially when I've tried to recruit high school boys, like uh, parents are like, well, he's, you know, he really wants to work with, work with a guy. And I'm like, okay, like go work with a guy. That's fine. Um, because I'm not interested in having to like prove my value as a coach to your 16 year old son. That's just not my job. Um, yeah. I know that what I do works. Um, and there's really no difference between training men and training women other than like women might be able to accommodate more volume because we produce less force on average. So, you know, um, but yeah, I feel like my coworkers have never treated me any differently. I don't feel that way at all. Um, I feel like super lucky to have landed in the environment where I did. 
Um, and I know that they'll like, they're like, they have my back if I'm not in the room, you know? And I feel like okay. that's, that's a good feeling to have. But yeah, I don't know. It's not really, I don't think about it all that much because it's, I know that I'm good at my job um, and I have the results mm -hmm. to prove that I'm good at my job. So I don't care if you think I'm good at my job <laughs> just because I'm a girl, you know? Um, and I, the one thing that I will say is like a positive is that I feel like I've gotten a lot of female athletes because their parents were looking for a female coach. So I feel like it might've even yeah. helped me, you know? I was and like, uh, obviously yours is the tougher one. It's the, we don't believe you can do it or the boy doesn't want to because he doesn't believe where it's more, but like there's going to be parents that will want to train with a boy because they don't yeah. want to risk the creep action because God knows how many teachers have already been creeping on them. You know what I mean? So they don't want one more added to that. Like, yeah, 100%. I, I have a lot of female athletes, and I've always said this. I'm like, I find it funny that – God damn it, my dog's growing up. That's nice. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> like volleyball and soccer. And it's like that is like one of the two like really like known, especially like in America at least, like girls mostly play it. And it's like dominated by male coaches. And I'm like – Something's Why? a little off here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something ain't right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are your what are your goals like going forward? Like, do you want to own your own gym? Do you just want to be like the baddest bitch coach <laughs> like of all time? Like what, what are your goals? Um, I really I'm really like happy with where I am right now. Mm -hmm. I think this time last year. I was really afraid that coaching would not be a career for me. I was like mm. so broke and I was like trying, I was working like three jobs trying to recruit athletes to come work with me and nobody wanted to. Um, mm. And like I had friends and family that were like, you know, like maybe you should just find a nine to five and like yeah. have a guaranteed paycheck. Um, but I'm really glad I stuck with it. Um, I'm super grateful to be where I am now. I want to continue to work with athletes in my like local area um i hope to expand a little bit more beyond soccer i think like 80 percent of my athletes are soccer athletes so yeah. i'd love to work with um just more sports um i'd like to go back to school at some point um i think a uh, master's in sports medicine or something like that would be really interesting um what job do you get with the sports medicine when i i I can't, I can't, does that usually lead to the sports medicine doc? Like you got to get the PhD or you good with the master's and you can do something with it. I'm, I think <clears throat> with the master's you're qualified to do certain things like, mm -hmm. um, like different, uh, physical manipulations or like, um, maybe you can dry needle. I know chiropractors can dry needle, maybe sports, right. uh, okay. med doctors can too. Um, but I really like to learn. Um, I'd like to continue my education in some way, whether that's going back to school or getting another certificate or whatever. Um, but for right now, I just need to, you know, make money and save. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I'm super grateful to be where I am. Um, and for everybody who's like mentored me and taught me things along the way, because I don't know, I feel like I've like tripled the knowledge that I had since I left school. Um mm -hmm. And I think being a coach is awesome. It's cool to be able to be a person in a kid's life where 
like you you get to like care about them and like let them know that like you give a shit about them and that like they have someone in their corner um because high school isn't the best time for everybody and sometimes being a teenager means that you butt heads with your parents constantly and so it's good to have like an an adult in your corner who's looking out for you and i feel lucky to be able to be that person um i will say like like you said like i wish i could work with more than just a lot of soccer players but like I made, like, especially when I was working at the old place I was working at, I was primarily working mostly with volleyball players just because none of the other coaches really cared about training the females. And I made females stronger than some of the males in that gym, and I started getting other sports. So you Mm -hmm. start making those girls, and as your numbers, and you post them too, and you squat and deadlift and maybe even close to benching, because – for the most part, unless they play football, and even nowadays, because a lot of them don't live, you'll be stronger than some of them boys, maybe up to the senior year. And then if you get some of them girls, because girls too, it's it because most people deadlift so bad. Boys think a good deadlift is like four hundred. Uh, once a girl starts getting like three fifteen, they're like, wait a minute, and she started <laughs> at a hundred and something, and the form was shit. I'm gonna have to train with her. And then the, just the vertical, because a lot of boys will come in. I don't know if you how many. But a lot of, like, the average boy will come in with, like, a 25-inch vert. You can get a girl to 25 inches pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you 100%. say, hey, come, come over here. And, and then you say, let me, uh, hey, uh, Casey, go demo the jump. And then the boy gets, like, an inch or two better. And they're like, you just sold it. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. Right? <laughs> 100%. So it's yeah, like, but... you never want to be, like, all in one sport. But sometimes if you make that sport that is the – you shouldn't lift or it's the forgotten one of the school. And then like all of a sudden, maybe you get a bunch on one team and they all of a sudden look so much better because of you. Like you'll get more people. Yeah. It just takes time, you know? Yeah. Like, the word of mouth thing, it takes time, but it works mm-hmm. eventually. hundred percent. Yeah. Do you think you always want to stay in uh, Colorado? Um, That's a good question. All of my family is in California. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like, I'm homesick, you know, sometimes, but I do really like it here. And I don't know that I could afford to live in California. So, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I like Colorado a lot. I like that we have the seasons. I think the people here are really uh, high quality. Like everybody has a dog. Love that. Um, yeah, I like it here a lot. Plus a lot of stuff is legal, so it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Atlanta, Indeed. and it's like not a secret. People do a lot of stuff. For some <laughs> reason, it's still not legal. I don't know why. Look at New York; it's well, legal now. And I'm like, yeah. Good, when I moved away, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, how's your client doing that had uh, cancer or has cancer or whatever? Um, so she's in remission. Nice. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so, so and, I think she's still receiving mm-hmm. treatment, um, but she's mm-hmm. in remission. Okay. Yeah, and it, did did she end up? Did you guys get to like the the talk that we had? Did it help at all? Was she able to train in some capacity? We so she was able to train in some capacity. She didn't end up doing strength training. I think she mm-hmm. tried initially, and just the fatigue was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, she kept like doing things like walking and like stretching at home, and I, I believe she's still doing yoga. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the daily movement and like the breath practice helped a lot. Um. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, right? As of right now, I'm, I'm in remission. And we're supposed to do another PET scan next week. And then we'll probably pretty much make a decision if I'm going to still go in to do the crazy stem cell transplant shit or am I going to be able to just do maintenance chemo, which is what she's probably doing. 
Yeah. Because um, if I'm a remission, I told my doctor, I said, I'm not, because a lot has changed since my first go around. Like they changed the type of chemo they gave me. Like I wasn't doing meditation and all this. Like I did this like self like work, like class and everything that I did all this time. So, so much has changed. I'm like, if I'm remission, I'm not doing this because I'll be out of work for like four to six months if I do that. Damn. Time. It's like, it wrecks you. Like, so I'm like, let's see if we can just do the maintenance chemo and if you keep it away. Because I'm feeling like excellent. I think this time, last time when I was in remission and they did that first PET scan, then it came back that in between part, I was not feeling good. And I was like, I don't feel like it's gone away. <laughs> And this time I'm like already gaining weight back. I'm like eating like normal. The eating part is the biggest, like, because you lose your fucking appetite. It's yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm happy that, that she's in uh she's in remission. Yeah, and I definitely learned like there was a part this when I was doing chemo this time, I didn't train for a whole month. I was that fucked up. And I was just like, I know I could work, I could even just do like arm day. And I was like, it's probably eating into the effectiveness in my recovery from the chemo though. So like, yeah. it's good. Like I think yoga, FRC, like those become like intense workouts. When you're done. Yeah. hundred percent. And just going for a walk, you know? Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, so that's good. Yeah. You know, and every time you get one of those type of people in those extreme cases, it, it it's good because um, like for me, I literally personally can use it, but you can be like, Hey, you see her? Shut the fuck up that you're tired. I don't want to Exactly. <laughs> what was your excuse again? You were tired this morning? <laughs> um, uh, do, you, do you want to talk about anything before? Because I, I, I don't have any more questions. Um, I don't know. Just like, how's your, how's your life? How's training? How's your training going? Well, doing... you know, basically, basically just starting back. So now I'm doing that. So. It's basically just bodybuilding right now because I just want to, I'm just trying to gain my size back because I know if I try to like do barbell shit, like heavy, like right now I'm doing like speed bench, speed squat, speed deadlift. And my explosiveness is, is pretty much there. But I know my maximum strength is like 20% off each lift. Instead of mentally fucking myself, mostly because I'm just smaller, I'm like, I'm just going to be satisfied with like kind of being an athlete right now and just getting size back. Yeah. <laughs> So I could say mentally, like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then one day it's like, all right, let's just see where we're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say, because you were talking about search, like, what search do you have right now? I don't have any search. Oh, because you got your degree. Yes. So, yeah. um, and I passed the scientific foundations part, like, super easy. And I failed the practical application part by two questions. <laughs> so. Uh. Um, and then I was planning on taking it again, but my boss was kind of like, well, like I was already a couple months into coaching at this point. He was like, well, I already, I feel like you're doing a good job and you have your degree in exercise science. So, um, not a rush. Um, and I'm thinking at this point, maybe I'll save up and maybe get the FRC cert, the costly mm -hmm. one, but I think that would be super valuable. And I'd love to learn more about the internal strength model, especially like when it comes mm -hmm. to hypertrophy stuff. Um, I follow a couple people like um, I believe like range of strength. He follows mm -hmm. the the internal strength model for and uh, strange Grayson where like you work uh, each uh, tension, each like tension point in the muscle fiber mm -hmm. to failure for like one set for hypertrophy. I think that's super interesting. I'd love to learn more. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hold, I don't hold any certs, just a degree. 
Yeah, I would I would definitely say like if you can, I wouldn't start with the special strengths one because that that one is ginormous. Um, like I did first the personal training one that they have, which is kind of like their mid-level. But if you haven't, like, have you read the book of methods and the jumping book and that little bench and deadlift and squat book that they have? Because that's essentially what that personal training cert is. It's just those like four books. The special mm-hmm. strength book is like 20 books. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. one that has super training and all that in it. But like, I would definitely like work towards those because if you're primarily using it, especially if you're using like traditional stuff, like I always tell people like, I can't or I won't just like read one book or read. I'd rather be like, okay, I'm, I paid and done this cert. So now I'm going to go hard and study for all these. But then you can like really like dive deep into like all Louis stuff. And then like all the places where he learned all his info from. Because like a lot of people will take the middle one or even the special strengths one. And I'll say most even the special strength test is just memorizing all of Louis stuff. But mm-hmm. like when I was forced and I was like, well, I'm finally going to read super training, which took like eight months. And I'm going to read uh, science and sports training and I'm and the manager training. But like then you're like, oh, OK. And that's because those dudes were doctors. So they're like actually like it's easier in a sense like yeah you got to look up some of the words but like you know how louis shit it's all over the goddamn place yeah so it's like, then you're like oh this is where the source where he got all this from it, yeah. it'll make you way more well-rounded and you're like this should be in my exercise science degree <laughs> that's the reason i won't do that yeah. degree. i'm finishing my bachelor's now but it's in business and i wouldn't get it just because it's so much on knowing the bones and the muscles and i'm like as you said you got to work and you got to intern you probably actually learned how to finally train somebody though yeah that's exactly. fucking disgusting <laughs> you owe <laughs> like, all that money and it's like uh you know exactly but it's like yeah you can tell me like the origin and insertion of a muscle all day long that doesn't mean like you know how to make somebody bigger faster stronger um mm-hmm. yeah oh i was gonna ask you do you use olympic lifts with your athletes i know a lot of coaches have like different opinions about using the olympic lift so you know it's it's funny about that we we talk like i have a private chat with a lot of it uh conjugate coaches that I've made friends with over here. And that comes up because there's like two or three, I'm like the 30 that do use the Olympics. Now they, they don't do full, none of them do snatches. They'll do a lot of like from the hang position or clean mm-hmm. pulls. And I don't mind those because you, the athlete can get into that triple extension, which we're working with. But Jared talks about it all the time. And I'm so adamant about it. You get triple extension once you learn to jump, which takes a few weeks, doing dumbbell fucking jumps on a jump mat. So if it's not heavy enough to produce a lot of force to get stronger, use the regular barbell lifts, which are much easier for them to learn. And if it's about triple extension and explosive part, you could do that better, quicker, and safer with a dumbbell jump. But like Louis said, the word Olympics in front of it, so people want to do it because it's fucking cool. They do look cool. but. Yeah. I always say there's very few coaches because I, I did Olympic lifting for a little bit when I was 19 with a coach that came from one of those Ukrainian countries who's a strength coach first, then became a physical therapist, had been Olympic lifting since he was three. I know the difference between him coaching and 90% of the people I see on Instagram. So first you got to be qualified to do it. And it's yeah. like all that to know that I can do something that takes less time and is technically probably more effective. <laughs> Why the fuck do I care about that? Like, exactly. like the, the annoying part, I will say this, is that, like Jared says, he learned to do the Olympic lifts for the kids that play football that are going to major programs that they're going to Olympic lift, and they he doesn't want them coming in from, like, ground zero. 
just to yeah. teach them how to lift. But he said a lot of the kids, I don't even deadlift them a lot. We focus so much on the squat. If they can deadlift six or 700, guess what? They can do the same bullshit 275 to 315 pound clean with barely yeah. any time put into it. Then the kids, all they do is that, but they can't out jump his kids. Because at the yeah. end of the day, who can jump and run fast and who stays healthy? I don't care how you do it. So it's like, if I can get that done quicker, more efficient, with less injuries, why would I not do it that way? But it's like, maybe you should know them just to know how to teach it. Especially like I've had to turn down parents or parents are like, their sport coach wants them to do them because he did them when he was played, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, I don't do that. I told you that from the jump and they've left me. And it's like, well, if I just was like, okay, at the beginning, we're going to do PVC pipe because that's all you can do. And we'll do that for 10 minutes. Then we're going to go fucking squat because that's what that you're yeah. going to get on the scholarship. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like you should know it to know it. But the sad part about that is, it's like, yeah, you can get that USAW cert in a weekend. And let me tell you something. The difference between that and my coach that have been doing it for like 20 years is a big fucking difference. That's every, that's what every CrossFit guy gets. And that's why they always get hurt because the certs are getting yeah. What? You know, yeah. you can't bench squat and deadlift. Why are we doing snatches and cleans? I, so, yeah, I, I yeah. don't do them. I like doing like um, I will do like the ones that I do do is like push press, push jerk with dumbbells or barbell, depending on where the kid is. And then even for like upper body too, like med ball, like you can. And then it's like instead of with a barbell with a med ball, we can use that as more specific work. So if I'm doing overhead chest pass rotation like for baseball basketball you know i can mimic a lot of the stuff they do in the sport and do it explosively and it's just like they would with their ball so i don't have to like teach your friend you know yeah. like because so many kids i mean you see the videos the elbows get fucked up the wrists get fucked up their collarbones their knees i mean every olympic lifter has an acl tear like it no matter how good you are because it's just it yeah. is dangerous especially yeah. if you're, and they're these kids yeah, aren't olympic lifters these not, kids aren't olympic lifters so yeah, I'm in and the same camp for sure. Do you have do, do some of the coaches at your job do them? No, nobody, no. pretty much nobody uses Olympic lifts, except for, like you said, if we're about to send a kid off to college, I teach mm. all my kids how to do like a hang power. Yeah. With like and, 65 and that's pounds. the thing. You, that doesn't really, yeah. And that doesn't really take too much time to learn, but like to do the full one. I mean, and that's the thing, like you got to, like most kids can't overhead press well, and most kids are not good at a conventional deadlift. And those are the parts of those movements. And then you got to mm-hmm. go front squat well, and you have the ankle mobility. To do. It's too many things where it doesn't look good when they just squat, bench, and deadlift, and you want to just throw them all together. You know, and, and like I said, I think there's going to be more and more research showing that jumping works better for developing explosive power and, and sprinting than Olympic lifts do. And I think people are slowly realizing that and moving away from that. But I think the problem is, the NSCAA, which is a lot of the college coaches that are the most famous strength coaches, they abide by everything they do. And guess who they hate the most? West side. And yeah. he's adamant about not Olympic lifting and getting kids strong. The West side, West side. Good coaches. Yeah. So it's a clash. And that's where like I've interviewed, like I interviewed the guy that does the throws for Miami. And he's like, I, I he's like, I do sumo deadlift. I bench, I squat him. But we also have one day a week or like every other week where we do some type of hang. And he was like, you know, you should do them. Like, I like doing them. And he has great success. I mean, he has girls that squat 500 pounds. But it's like, I will say it was like, well, were they squatting four with you? And the reason they got stronger, more explosive, is it really because of the squats and benches and deadlifts that you do and the jumping? 
Yeah. And that little sprinkle on top of the Olympic lifting, how much of that is really doing, you know, like it's hard to be like, when I know there's so many people that use Olympic lifts and their athletes are so much worse than guys that don't do them at all. Yeah. I mean, so, you watch like <clears throat> high school athletes try to clean in the gym and 75% yeah. of them don't even get full hip extension. Like the bar hitting exactly. them in the middle of their quad and they're muscling it up the rest of the way. <laughs> like that's not, that's not triple extension, not even close. So I don't know. Like if that's your reason for it, then they better be doing it correctly. You better coach it correctly. And those same, a lot of those same coaches are the ones that say the back squat is dangerous and Olympic lifting is not. And I'm like, some of you are posting videos of these terrible Olympic lifts and it's like, but they did 315. And I'm like, how is that any different than saying, but they did 315 on a squat or deadlift, except they didn't jump with that weight. I mean, you're telling me, how is the heck more safe? You know, it's like, they'll be like, benching is not specific. Why is Olympic lifting specific? Just because we jump yeah. with it? Uh, then jump on a bosu ball is that now specific because they jump like fuck it it doesn't make no sense you know what i mean but i think that that's where it comes down to like um people's mentor or like whoever they followed or wherever they went to school they have a degree or they've gotten results with them and it's like they just blindly follow so like the olympic lifting thing has been like the thing for so long so i think it's just hard to undo like especially because it just looks so cool It, it has that cool factor and like people think bench squatting and deadlifting is so boring, but I'm like, most of you can't do it right. It's still yeah. challenging, trust me. And if it was easy, everybody, I mean, most most high school boys I know, even to play football, I deal with a lot of private school kids too. So they're not the best athletes. They're not squat three something. With A lot of them can't even squat 135 to death with good form. Yeah. And we're talking about like, yeah, but they, they should do Olympic lifts. So, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same thing with like more sports specific practice when parents are like, you know, they're going to be out for like a week or two. They've got skill camp in another state. And it's like, oh, my God, why? <laughs> like your kid can't goblet squat 45 pounds. Like <laughs> they've done all of the sports specific things up to this point. Like what haven't we developed? You know, like let's try training the central nervous system a little bit. Let's try. I don't know. And do you train any of uh, your vo- volleyball since you play? I don't know how many yeah. how big volleyball is out there. Um, I have two athletes. One of them headed to Texas Tech, um, and then the other is headed to Belmont Abbey College. Um, they're both okay. – um, one of them is a middle, one of them is a right side. Um, but, yeah, they love um, the trap bar <laughs> with fans. Um, hmm. I think that's great for them just to encourage the – like snapping through like if we're talking triple extension i think the trap the banded trap bar deadlift is a great way to do that just because you gotta the band's getting tighter and tighter as you go up you gotta make sure you drive your glutes all the way forward um and then um one of them's had some she i think frayed her labrum last year so she's had some shoulder Mm. trouble so she's just been trying to beef up like her brakes like all of her rear delt um carries uh traps all that stuff and that still helps her a lot so um, yeah, it's fun to get to coach kids and then like watch videos of them playing. Um, With your volleyball girls, do you guys have a vert tech to do like their approach that they love to do? We can we can do it on the mat. Um, okay, yeah. But we don't have a vert tech. I wish we did because I think the external stimulus is just uh, mm-hmm. especially for them. Better. They they kind of get in their head about like I gotta go and reach. I mean, same thing with the basketball players because that's really all they ever do is jumping for a reach, you know. Um, mm-hmm. 
How's it been trying to get your so- – like, do you have a lot of soccer players that don't use their arms when they jump? Or that sling down. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they do the, – the cool thing, though, with them is that a lot of times they do get pretty vertical because when they jump, it's like with their fucking head. And yeah, the exactly. The jump mat, they're like looking down. And it's like you're taking away from your vert from doing that. Yeah, they look like a C, like their <laughs> yeah, yeah. legs are pointed yeah. forward and their heads down. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Oh, oh, that was that reminds me another. I would say another shirt that I would say do, and this one is probably the cheapest out of the ones that's for like sports training. Is do you know Brandon Bird? He goes by Bird Sports Performance. Bird on Sports Instagram. Performance, yeah. Yeah, so he has his own shirt, and I want to say, like, I think I did mine. I think it was twelve hundred, but I paid three or four payments of three hundred. But I think I I put it on to other friends, and he was done it as low as like a hundred something a month. And let me tell you, it's it's better than probably all those because it's literally like talking to Louie because he trained under Buddy Morris when he was at Penn State when he ran there 20 years ago, whatever. And then he oh, visited Louie like God knows how many times. And he flew Dick's heart so out. So Bird is like damn. the guy. Like he's okay. a, he's taking everything and applied it. But his so like what you do is like it's like eight or nine documents. And then every uh, time you, he sends you a document. You, you're just on the phone with him going over it. Now, he is a long talker, but if you have questions and like he will, he will, it's like almost like you're listening to super training. He will give you every scenario possible. And like, so most of the phone calls, are like three or four hours. Like, but I had like 20 pages of notes off of those, like, you know, 400 word documents. And like, so he goes over everything. So you're learning it from the horse's mouth. So, I would say that one is probably one of the best because you'll learn um, peaking, phasing out people, like waving in the different, like with the, all the explosive, the dynamic ways, how to use all the different percentages, and then like all the jump variation that he does. Um, he has a whole section that's just basically teaching you all, like all, all the Dick Hartzell stuff, so all the voodoo flaws and the banded distraction stuff. Like I've seen him, he sent me videos with a girl walking in the gym in a boot, was supposed to be out for three weeks. That same day, he has a running in the gym. Dude is that yeah, so like like Dang. him and him and I would say probably Buddy and probably like Nate Harvey. I don't know if you know a guy named Mark Deppen, though he's a strength coach at Donovan Catholic. Like there's some like they're like the in that 40s to 50s category of like the OGs of like the next like Charles Paulson and Louis and them died, mm-hmm. and it's like them and like Dave Tate. Those are like the remaining guys but to be able to literally talk to bird all like for your cert like that is tremendous I would, so i would definitely recommend that and he's okay, like the coolest sure. dude and you'll have his number for and like you say hey bird can i call you he'll call you back at midnight and want to talk before but like he doesn't <laughs> all he does he just lives and breathes it so like that one i always try and not just because he's my boy but like literally like if i had to choose between that and the special strength cert, i would pick that one every time just okay. because you're you're literally getting to talk to him the entire time and he's okay. read all those books three, four times over. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So it was it was awesome talking to you. I yeah, hope I get thank to, you um, so much. See you. Yeah, I hope I get to see you either the next time I have my seminar or maybe just one of the, like, I would, like, maybe the Swiss. I don't know if you've heard of that. That's the one that Elite MTS does. I, w- I definitely recommend to go that one. That one's just, it's fucking pricey. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's like 700 for, like, the two days. And then you obviously got to pay for flight and hotel. So yeah, 
and it's just a day, but it counts as continued education to most of the like well-known, well-known, well-known search, but then you just meet everybody, which is like the cool thing. Like you'll meet Laura yeah. Phelps and, and Dave Tate and, and, uh, uh, JL and all of them. So like that, that's like, it's more of like a meet all of the strength conditioning, like idols, because they all talk yeah. for just the one hour, but it's just really cool to like meet all those people. But yeah, I hope to, uh, meet you in person soon. And then, you know, I'll definitely like, we're talking about maybe doing, eventually to cert somewhere like middle of the country i mean not to cert the seminar maybe middle of the country just because like alex and everybody that i have so many coaches now that i know that are california colorado utah and they're like yo coming over to the east coast so he's a bitch. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah definitely definitely uh like to meet you uh, definitely in person one day and uh like before like i said if you have any questions or anything just always uh shoot me a text and i'm always trying to help people because you know that's that's what louis did you know <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah i yeah. think i'm still i still feel like a like a baby in the field you know what i mean like i still mm. feel like very young um and you're I know a that baby I have a lot more to learn, four, so. you know like <laughs> so but we're all it's just the next level and every level your job is to try to make the next the level one be- below you avoid some of the mistakes that's all you can right do. yeah you know that's yeah. that's all you can do so hopefully 40 years from now that's just literally going to be the perfect program and the motherfucker just has to read it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, tell everybody where they can find you, hit you on Instagram, like all that type of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, my Instagram is at Gianna lift. Um, and then feel free to email me at G soul G S U L L at ironworksperformance.com. Um, and then I don't have a LinkedIn or anything like that. So that's all for me. Um, but yeah, and if you're, you happen to be listening to this and you're local in Broomfield or Boulder, stop by and see us. We'd love to have you by for a session. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great to talk to you. Um, yeah, it was yeah awesome. I'll be, I'll be bugging you in the future. So, <laughs> and then, uh, when you can, some just time today or tomorrow, send me like a one to two sentence bio, like your degree, like where you work and everything. And then a good like profile picture of you. It could be like you lifting, you coaching, just just something that you would like that's going to be that cover photo or whatever. Okay. Or if you have even like what's better, because sometimes I like to make like a little video of the person. So if you have like like a few little compilation, which like a 30 second video, that's even better. Um, okay. Yeah. So it was awesome talking to you. I uh, hope to talk to you soon and uh, you uh, enjoy your next session. I know you said you had one. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> hope you have a good day. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.